no matter what you do how you feel personally will affect you professionally how you feel about yourself how you're feeling about your environment does affect how you perform in your job or you know just uh, professionally there's only so much so much of a face you can put up welcome to the one up project money is fuel that that allows you to do things it doesn't need to be taboo what you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realizing you did something you hated and have regret go and find people who will give you advice for nothing this is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every monday this bit of content listening to this is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently for all the things we were never taught but should have been at the end of the day the most important person is yourself and if you're not happy with your own choices then you're never going to be happy. Kia ora everyone and welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Today I speak to someone who has built their career in New Zealand from scratch after moving here from Mumbai, India. They took on an accounting job, very similar routes to myself, um, where she had to set up a new life all alone. And as you guys know, after I travelled last year, it was a real shock to do that Uh, solo most of it solo and to try and figure out who I was in that process let alone Ritu's experience which was to move to a brand new country completely alone set herself up a whole new support circle friendship group everything and she now has project upgrade her on Instagram which is a community and platform for empowerment of women within their career specifically trying to help them tackle imposter syndrome but also just give general career tips and I have found her content to be really helpful. Her experience was one I wanted to make sure we got on the podcast because isolation and loneliness can be two of the most crippling emotions especially when you're going through massive change. So Ritu Saxena is our guest today currently working as commercial performance business partner at Auckland Airport. She works as a career coach and cheerleader for women on the side and has an incredible story about moving through change and building resilience within her career. So I'm really looking forward to hearing all of your thoughts. Please pass this on to someone who is going through a big change, has just moved to a new country, is setting up in a new career, has moved jobs, and might be feeling a little bit lonely right now. This is going to be their episode. Let's get into it. Ritu, thank you so much for jumping on an episode of the podcast. I have obviously been watching you for a while and I'm very excited to hear your perspective on coming to New Zealand, career, setting that up on your own, which is an extraordinary achievement. I I suppose the first, the place I want to start is why you considered leaving to come to New Zealand in the first place and how that process sort of began. Yep. Uh, So firstly, thank you for this amazing opportunity and I'm really happy to be here. So I'm glad to be sharing my perspective. Um, So firstly, I would like to start with saying that New Zealand was not a target country for me at all. Someone from a finance background like mine, uh, New Zealand doesn't really come into uh, its first place of being that sort of a target country. And uh, personally, while growing up, I always had some bucket list items. One of that bucket list items for me was moving overseas, uh, moving to a different country altogether just by myself and staying in a downtown apartment in a flashy uh, apartment and just living independently so 
that was the vision that I had for myself when I was growing up. And for me, for that to happen, uh, a lot of things had to line up, not just getting a job, but also getting a visa sponsorship, because it's not a straightforward uh, route for someone coming from my background. And I am also from someone who's from a very, very uh, modest financial background. So I, uh, I was not able to afford having a degree somewhere overseas from India. So um, when I graduated in commerce and I became a CA in India back in 2011, I started my career with investment banking and I quickly moved to EY uh, because of wanting better pay and better opportunities. And that was how I knew that that will bring me one step closer of my dream of at least trying to move overseas. Um, that was back in 2013. And then I was trying to get uh, overseas in various offices like London, New York, Singapore. I tried uh, in a lot of offices, but after two years of rejections from different offices, one fine day, Auckland office called me and they said that, do you want to interview? And uh, obviously I'd applied here and I was like, okay, um, let's let's try it. Because the way I think about anything is, you know what, let's give it two years. We'll see how it goes. So um, after multiple rounds of interviews, I finally uh, got the opportunity to come to New Zealand in 2016. And just when I had accepted the offer, Brisbane office had called me. And I was like, you know what, I've given my word and probably New Zealand is happening for a reason. So Let's just do it. So I came here um, in in July 2016 and it was, um, it has been a journey since then. A lot of questions were asked, obviously, that why would you go to New Zealand? Because you are in finance, you are a chartered accountant, you should probably be going to a more fast moving country. But the way I thought about it is, look, this is what I have on my hand. And uh, there's a reason this is working out and the others did not work out. So the best thing I can do is just give it a shot. And that's how New Zealand happened for me. New Zealand, obviously, it seems like was not on your initial plans. It wasn't a place that you were considering. But living alone and doing the whole independent moving countries thing was, and New Zealand was the place where you had that opportunity to do that. What were the emotions you felt when you accepted that role? Were you kind of like, okay, cool, I'm now living out the vision I always have for myself? Or were you quite nervous? uh it was it was yeah it, it was a very uh, it was a situation where I was really very nervous and I remember feeling very shocked when I first came here uh firstly it was the month of July it was cold winters I came to New Zealand uh there was barely anyone at the airport and coming from some a place like Mumbai where you you know you're, you're just used to seeing so many people around you suddenly having no one so that was firstly the shocking part. The second was the loneliness that comes with it. The cultures are so different here uh, as compared to where I was coming from. Like uh, this is a lot more individualistic uh, society and like having lunches alone at work. I remember uh, uh, my very first or second day uh, in office and I just, during lunch hour, I just got up and I said, oh, by the way, let's... Um, uh when when do people have lunch here and someone just said whenever you want to I'm like oh <laughs> so, so that means people have lunches alone here and 
you know getting used to that um, and the new culture was def- definitely very challenging for me um the second was questioning myself that why am i doing this because i'm such a social person i had such a good uh, social circle and a support system that i'd built over so many years and suddenly uh, building my life back again it comes with a lot of questioning that why are you doing it and for what is the reason for it what is your purpose behind it what are you trying to achieve so i stuck to my why but obviously you start questioning your why as well when mm-hmm. it you know when all those loneliness pangs come in and when you have to do everything by yourself like setting up a home by yourself cooking i never even cooked by myself until then so it was just a whole new life experience wow yeah it can be completely isolating doing things on your own in general let alone moving to a whole new country with a culture that is completely different I wanted to go back slightly to when you mentioned that you'd always had this vision for yourself to live alone in the apartment downtown and like have that independent life what drove that vision Firstly, it was my uncle who was a big, big um, uh, influence on me. Who was uh, who was who was in business, and he was um, the one living life on his own terms. The vision that I had for myself is I want to be at a very high management level at some point in my career, and I. Uh, I just love big cities, like you know, having accessibility to things and the flashy lifestyle at that point in time. Because when you're growing up, you see a lot of these things in movies and on TV and uh, the people around you when they are traveling. So a lot of things drove that. But obviously, uh, for me, my affinity was uh, just having a more fast-moving life. Um and I somehow very drawn to these lifestyles. So that that was something that I really wanted. And I think being in finance, being in a big city, that really is one of your uh, uh, goals when you are you know starting out in finance. Obviously, the narrative is changing now. But when I was growing up, it was the, the thing to do when you start off. I would say a lot of things were external. And less of intolerance because you don't get to actually sit back and really think what you really want. Because you don't have the time. And only when you have worked for a couple of years and you take the time out and you carve that time out for yourself to think what you really want. What is it that's actually making you happy? What is society's expectation out of you? What your parents are expecting out of you? You know, all those differences when you start actually thinking about it and assessing that that's when you truly understand what is it that you want from from your life so obviously the vision was uh, when that vision started because of me having external external influences but later on as I'm growing up and as I'm reassessing my life I realized oh I wanted this but maybe not right now Maybe something else is more important now. So it sounds like you started assessing what it is you really want outside of those external expectations earlier in life. I would say it was after around five or six years and it mainly started with my journey being in New Zealand because um, in New Zealand you get a lot of time on your uh, on your hand. Uh, coming from a culture where I was working for almost like 12 to 14 hours every single day uh, in the Mumbai office, 
suddenly having a lot of time after 6 p.m. to yourself, you're like, oh, what do I do with this time? And then I realized that mm-hmm. fitness is so important to me because um, I my health was really deteriorated uh, in my previous work, work lifestyle. And then now fitness is like a part of my lifestyle. Now I cannot do without it. And then I also realized over time that uh, I, I love helping people and uh, I am very community driven. So I started doing a lot of volunteering work as well when I got that time when I was here in New Zealand. And uh, my whole journaling uh, journey started because you you get so much time and there's a lot of um, work-life balance that you get in, in this country in general. So that kind of helped me reassess my lifestyle and what I really want from my life. Yes, yeah, so it sounds like those cultural shocks kind of give you almost no other choice but to reconsider because you think wow this is so outside of what I'm used to what I've experienced is this what I want or how is this what these people want compared to what you want now that I think about it if I wasn't uh, probably in one of the fast-moving countries like London or New York I still wouldn't be getting that time uh what I got here to reassess what I really want in life so I always believe that whatever happens happens for your best and uh, it's it's just yeah the universe working out for you yeah because you said you your role your personal role is with these things give it two years so was that your mindset going into New Zealand you were like I'm just going to give it two years yes I uh, like and this is the role that I play with even today like instead of just thinking that let's not be stuck with something let's just give it two years what's the worst that can happen you if it doesn't work out okay fine you just get the experience out of it you reassess and you move on uh, obviously uh, for someone like me uh, coming to New Zealand came uh, with a lot of privilege because uh, not everyone gets their visa sponsored and it's it was uh, it's not an easy choice for me because I had so many rejections so I'm like okay uh, this is an opportunity which is probably you know planned for me so let's give it a fair shot so um but I, I, I just believe in general in life, let's just give anything two years. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. All you get is just experience out of it. You know, you've grown as a person. Mm, absolutely. Why two years? I feel one year is very less. Uh, in general, for me, when I came to New Zealand, even six months, I was still uh, understanding the cultural differences. It took me like probably more than one and a half year to even make friends. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of meetup groups. I did so many different things. And I feel even after one and a half, two years, I was still settling in. I still could, couldn't call myself settled. But I felt obviously uh, things would have been a lot more easier if I had um, uh, support much earlier because I was figuring out everything by myself like I just knew some acquaintances in New Zealand but I didn't have any friends so uh, obviously that journey was a lot more harder for me uh, and I would have felt a lot more settled but in general I feel this two-year rule has worked out for me and my life like even for a job if it's not working out just just give it a fair shot I feel if for anything give it your best you've done your best and that's when I am satisfied. Okay, like I, I give it my fair shot. It's not working out. Maybe it's time to reassess. Yeah. So that's the way I think about it. Yeah, I definitely think putting a timeline around it helps because with any big change in our lives, often it starts with initially this cloud or this haze around that change. You know, you might have arrived in New Zealand and felt like, oh my God, what the hell have I done? This is so different. These people are so different. I don't know how they operate yeah. here. 
I feel isolated. I feel lonely. I can't make friends. I don't have a support system. And you were just so kind of restricted by all of those beliefs that you have about what you're experiencing right in this moment and your very tunnel vision and it's not until you give it some time that you kind of start to feel a little bit more relaxed you understand things a little bit more um, and then you can make a more informed decision about what you actually want in your life and I think that's something that's so misunderstood about travel and solo travel Mm. and moving countries is that it is really emotionally draining and it's taxing and it's hard and setting up your life somewhere takes a long time like a year and a half to make friends as you were saying sounds completely reasonable because it's so hard to establish yourself in a new place when everyone's different to you you're different to everyone and you're struggling to work out what your identity is in this whole new world. Absolutely. I always thought that I was so social, but then I realized over time that I actually like spending time by myself as well and I can just enjoy my own company. Mm. Obviously, COVID made us realize that a lot more, but uh, yeah, having that time for myself made me realize so many things that I just didn't know about myself. Yeah, I felt the exact same when I, and I didn't move countries or do anything as, as wild as what you've done, but I, when I left to do traveling for five months or whatever, I felt very similar to that where I thought I was extremely social and then I got to this new place yeah. and I was so shy. I didn't want to interact with people. I felt like a completely different version of myself and I was so confused as to why I was acting this way. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely but then uh yeah for me obviously you know moving uh relocation uh came with its own expenses and uh with uh, obviously leaving my job in the previous country so I'm like okay I probably will have to give this a little longer than I thought before I decide like this is not for me mm-hmm. uh but yeah thankfully seven years down the line it has clearly worked out for me <laughs> yeah exactly like you're seven years in now how do you feel looking back on that time where you were unsure or you were just saying give it two years like how do you feel at the seven year point the way I feel about it is like thank god I didn't give up at that point in time uh, I know that there were like these moments where I felt like completely this is just not the right move for me and really questioning and sometimes even parents get emotional and they call you and they're like what are you doing there like do you want to come back (laughs) and then sticking to your reasons like why I did this this was clearly for my own personal growth and professional development both so uh, thinking about it uh, thankfully I stuck to my reasons and every year something has happened which has kind of made me stay here so uh, that was either moving jobs or getting some different sort of opportunities within a uh, community and keeping myself engaged uh, in in different uh, initiatives. Like even I love dancing. So I started doing uh, different uh, dance classes and just finding time for all those things. I, I And obviously you are, uh, I, I could travel a lot more because the leaves that you have, you have better opportunities in terms of earning so when all those needs start getting satisfied is that's when you start thinking that okay like the sacrifice was worth it obviously being an expat comes with its own challenges that I can see my family just once a year and I'm trying to make it twice but uh, it's it's coming with its own challenges now but uh, if I have to say that would I do it any other way uh no uh it's 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 definitely paid off for me uh, and 
most of the person that I've become. I never thought I was capable of being so independent and so much of self-reliance. I was not that person when I was back home because you have so much support and you just have a lot of people around you. So uh, the human that I've become, I'm I'm kind of I'm very very proud of that, and that's definitely all because of the experiences that I have had here. Awesome. That sounds like you have made huge strides in your own personal development. When you say the person you are now, you know, you spoke about the independence and the self-reliance. What is, who is that person? Who is that person now? This person now is a lot more confident about speaking her own mind. I was not this sort of a person and um, I was someone who had a a lot of imposter syndrome this is something that I talk about a lot on my channel but I feel we don't speak much about it Um, and a lot of women already face it and I was someone who relied a lot on external validation uh, and just doubted myself a lot and when you are put through life and life experiences it, it just makes you really question why are you doing certain things for me fighting that self-doubt and becoming reliant on myself and that you are on your own and having that realization uh, has really helped me become that I am a whole person now I don't need anyone's support reaching that stage has obviously it's it's been um, a massive journey for me and changing a lot of jobs over time and uh, meeting different people and uh, obviously I'm not saying that I didn't get support from people I did um, I, I had to undergo a lot of uh, personal development and coaching to be to reach the stage but me even realizing that I need that help uh, was something a self-assessment that I did over time so I, I'm just yeah truly independent that way that I don't need anyone uh, to show who I am and what I'm capable of what I wished uh, that I had initially when I came here was more women in leadership and uh, probably more even women of color in leadership. Just knowing where to find those communities or people who are feeling the way I am feeling. If you think about it, social media has changed from entertaining to value-based platform after 2020. I was, uh, I didn't know where to find these people, you know, like even at workplace, you are assigned people who are your mentors uh, but not everyone knows how you are exactly feeling I wish I could find more people who were f- feeling the same way and I did a lot of meetup groups but obviously um, things are, need to click with with people so uh, if I had seen more women in leadership at that point in time i feel that I could have uh, felt more um, supported and more um, open about how I'm feeling because no matter what you do how you feel personally will affect you professionally how you feel about yourself how you're feeling about your environment does affect how you perform in your job or you know just uh, professionally there's only so much so much of a face you can put up Mm, a lack of representation will definitely cause imposter syndrome because you instantly feel like, well, at least this is the experience I've heard from many others, is people will tend to feel like they then have to be the trailblazer. They then have to be the voice of those people and be the one to stand up and to make space for 
someone like them to be in leadership and that is a huge responsibility and it's really hard and it takes a huge emotional toll it also doesn't contribute to you feeling instantly welcome in a place which means you have to work just a little bit harder to get to a point where you can feel settled or like you are worthy of being in that space yeah absolutely and um I mean, this brings to my point of actually having to network, although I thought that I was a people person and I could just strike up conversations. But when it comes to networking in places like these where you are a minority anyway, so that felt very challenging for me initially. And someone who's also not grown up here where I don't have those common topics to talk about. Uh, I feel if someone would have even studied from here, they would be able to build that rapport. But for me, there was not much in common to talk about when I I met someone at the kitchen because what do you talk about except the weather? So uh, that the art of doing small talks and that networking was extremely challenging. Although I felt like, oh, I'm 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 uh, sort of an extrovert person already, and I'm so social, so I should be able to do this. But when you are put in a different setting altogether where people don't look like you, they're not, they have not grown up like you. So uh, it's, it, it takes a toll again uh, in stepping back and thinking, oh, am I good enough to be here? Not knowing the end date, when you start, when will you stop feeling the way you're feeling? That was my mm-hmm. biggest challenge because when I started in 2016, I didn't know when will I stop feeling this way. One of the reasons I I did so many different things, you know, being a part of committees, meetup groups, I was even part of one of the um, uh, drama shows, just to get myself around different people, just to see how different people work and how they are thinking, to be able to finally realize, oh, this is this is my place, this is not my place. And, you know, then reassessing. Practically, how does someone deal with having that imposter syndrome? I mean, as I was saying before, you know, you're so clouded often by what you're feeling at the time. But how did you move forward with that knowing it was such a hard and difficult place you were in? There are two two things that I had done. One was um, reassessing. Uh, when, you know, one is when you're really pushed into something and you're like, you know what, I really need to reassess what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So for me, a lot of journaling helped that, okay, if I'm feeling like this, why am I feeling this this way? And I did a lot of self-coaching for myself. And the second was actually seeking support. I, I realized the time that, that I needed support and it's okay to ask for help because in general, when you're growing up, especially when you're growing up in India, people don't reach out for help. Coaching is not something that happens. Even personal development is not a big concept back there. So, for me, asking for help was like, okay, I, I need help too. Um, and I'm not just talking about professional help here that, you know, reaching out to your assignment or at work. It's about reaching out to people or even to specialists to, to actually deal with what you are dealing. Um, so one was obviously my own self discovery that okay if i'm if i'm feeling like this why am i feeling like this can i help myself and if not what is the professional way of dealing with it so i had to reach out for help quite a bit and i will say that i have still you still feel that uh, in every new setting so i wouldn't say that that completely goes away but you just know how to better deal with it 
you ask you ask yourself those questions that okay i'm feeling like this but uh, i have worked on this before so that means i can still work on it again mm, so you manage it through this process of self discovery where you try to figure out okay why do i feel this way get to the root cause of it which is always going to be helpful probably having like remembering why you put yourself in this position in this position to begin with as well and then reaching out to the necessary support to help you move through that i am a, a big uh, big advocate of putting yourself in uncomfortable situations or like i i wouldn't say just keep doing it all the time but that has helped me and my brain get the evidence that i can do it i mean uh, last year when i had to because i'm also on the uh, ca committee i was asked to give speaking event um, in front of around 400 people and that was just in, like two days before the event was meant to happen and that was because the main speaker had dropped off and i'm like how can i even give a speech to 400 people in a country i did not grow up in and just i still put myself out there i'm like you know what what's the worst that will happen i will probably just stumble but it all went successfully and after doing that i'm like you know what i can actually do that so if i can do that there's a new evidence my brain has now Uh, that I can manage situations so I I do a lot of things scared and that's something that I had heard from someone when I was um, undergoing therapy that whatever even if you're doing something uh, even if you're scared just do it because that's your new benchmark now and that has helped me uh, in just dealing with situations over time mm. yeah I think that is a huge skill to build is the ability to still push through with things even if you feel the fear you know there's that quote feel the fear and do it anyway because at the end of the day you'll never feel 100% ready to take any sort of risk in your life like if you feel ready it's not a risk anymore it's you know you've probably you're not putting yourself outside of your comfort zone as much as maybe you want to be in in order to get that growth uh so absolutely i i think that fear is a huge opportunity in so many ways it does take time to build up an awareness of the importance of that and knowing that there will always be fear and that's okay what other sort of skills did you have to build especially within a new zealand context and environment in order to thrive within your career firstly it's it was never about the hard skills it's the soft skills that you need in this market and one of it is adaptability your uh, your adaptability to different people to, to to different leadership styles uh different cultures because even in new zealand this is a expat market so uh and when i came to ey there were people from across the world and these are brilliant people who've been uh, uh called from across the world like i definitely had a lot of challenges because being in the mumbai office where there are just people of your own culture and coming here where i had to deal with different communication styles some people are very direct some people are um uh, not so direct so knowing how different cultures work and for me at that time just google worked because i didn't know whom to ask so i'm like oh are these people meant to be direct <laughs> and secondly not taking things so personally because uh, i'm just uh, i am generally a, a sensitive person so i initially i would take things very personally but knowing that uh, you know there are you will deal with different people and that is what uh, you are there for you know i came there for my professional development adapting and 
being flexible in your own style uh, was really important. The second thing that I noted is very different in the New Zealand market is your personal branding because New Zealand being the market that it is, it's it's a very small market. So it's all the word of mouth. And for you to build a good reputation in one company, uh, it will move on to the second one because references are such a key part of New Zealand. You do need like at least two references. So building a good credibility is very important for your next move. And I think that's in general across the world. But here in New Zealand, I feel that was a lot more like you you trust the word of people. So building that brand intentionally that what do you want to be known for like do you want to be known for that oh she's she's brilliant with uh, technical stuff she's brilliant with people management she's brilliant with that how are you intentionally creating that perception the other thing which is very different here is the flatter structures as compared to hierarchical structures so you get a lot of responsibility here and you will be working with different people across different teams it's not just you and your manager which is what I did back in uh, Mumbai so uh, uh, having those skills to have small talks and conversational skills and building onto your communication and networking skills within that really helped me and just being known as a person that oh she she works in finance but you know she might also be good for this branching out a little bit more than just where you work that has really helped me in even pivoting because I was working in consulting for five years but then I pivoted to commercial finance and I've found my sweet spot there because I gen now I enjoy my strategy work and financial planning work and to pivot to that I had to build on to these skills where I'm just not known for my technical uh, work but also stakeholder management and just uh, navigating through different uh, styles because that's the soft skills are what people look for when you are progressing in your career technical skills can only work in the first one or two years but after that it's all about how you're dealing with people how you're talking and how you make people feel about you is what is going to set you apart from anyone else mm, that's some really interesting like learnings you've had and I it sounds like a lot of them have come from just having to put yourself out there and put yourself in situations where you're able to test that ability to network or build this intentional perception of yourself um, and that credibility because it's quite it's quite easy to prove a hard skill practically um, yeah but soft skills sometimes can be a little bit more difficult yeah, soft skills are definitely very, uh, very difficult, but it's uh, it's about uh, impressing the right people. I mean, it starts right from the recruiter to, you know, the hiring manager. And I think one of the things, uh, most underrated uh, things that people talk about is your ability to be liked. Like there's one is like licking ass, which I'm not talking about. I'm talking about being liked by people like you being a personable person because all people want to see is that can I work with this person? Is this person adaptable? Are they open minded? Are they curious? Those are the things that people are looking for. And uh, honestly, these skills are something that I built when I moved into commercial because that's where I, I was um, um, exposed to a lot of different projects. And that's when I realized, okay, uh, I actually like this and I don't like that. In consulting, you're sort of little um, uh, in pigeonholed into what uh, is your technical skill. But the moment you move into um, other companies, uh, that, that kind of helped me in uh, 
branching out to different projects and different people and then i realized okay this is what people like this is what people don't like here and just being flexible around it and still maintaining your integrity yeah that's a huge part of it like how did you also maintain your integrity through trying to build a curated but also genuine um, set of skills that helps you within your career? I think knowing yourself and again coming back to what are your professional values and what are your personal values. I'm, I'm a big believer that these both have to be aligned you know if you do a little bit of uh, deep work within yourself you'll you'll know that what is something that really drives you so for me for example something like recognition and growth that really um, drives me and being impactful and being um, uh, helping people just achieve their mission and their goals that helps me that helps me both personally and professionally whatever work you're doing are your or are your needs being met? Are your values being met? And reassessing that every single time. Now, I'm not saying that it will always 100% happen for you. There will be some projects which you just don't like, but you have to get through it. So knowing that, okay, is this a long-term arrangement or is this just for a couple of months? Can you get through it for the next two, three months, which is just a difficult phase, but not a difficult extended period of your time. But yes, if if something is just not working out for you, and you know you're not working on your strengths, then it's time to actually make that bold move. But knowing the difference between this is just a phase versus this is going to be my life and I'm going to be stuck here, that's where you need to, you know, just uh, pivot. So, um, and and I think that, again, comes back to that point of doing the self-assessment, deep work every three months. If, if you don't, if... I, I do it almost on a monthly basis, but if someone doesn't have time, then every three months, it, it just helps you direct your life and be on the driver's seat rather than just drifting with uh, the journey. Mm, I find this so interesting because if you've been listening to One Up for since it began, um, I started in, a, in, a, in, an, in an accounting career uh, straight out of uni, Ritu knows this, and nine months after I started that career, I decided to leave. And it's interesting because at that time, consciously, I wasn't doing any of the like personal work to make up an idea of if this was the right or wrong thing to me. I mean, I was, but it wasn't fully conscious. And, but I knew within myself that I just, my strengths were not being utilized. Like I even remember saying that to myself, I feel like I really struggle here because the things that I'm doing, I find so difficult and so stressful, but not because they're challenging me in any way, because they're just upsetting me. And I think there is like a fine line difference between, between that and working that out is so difficult. And looking back now, I'm very, very glad I made that choice. Um, which I think came as a result of what you were mentioning, which was knowing in yourself what you want. And if you hadn't, like if I hadn't have done a lot of that work to know what my strengths were and weren't then I wouldn't have had that gut feel and I probably would have stuck I would have stayed in a career that made me really unhappy thinking that this was the right thing I should do coming back to what you had mentioned at the very beginning is that sometimes the decisions we make come down to what we should do as a result of external influences not things that we want for ourselves because that aligns with 
who we are. And yeah, what what you did at and it's commendable what you did at such a young age. Like some people, it it takes time to actually get pushed out of something which you are not aligned with. So, but you did that very consciously. So, huge respect for you out there. And I've been listening to your podcast since I think it has started. So, I kind of have been following your journey. That you know how you actually consciously thought about it. And with someone like you who's not had that experience as well so you i think building that self confidence that i'm this is going to be okay it's uh, it takes all i think it's a, it's a huge thing it's either that you will get pushed out of something if it's not aligned uh, or you consciously do the work but one of it is meant to happen it will it will happen if you stay stuck in a situation which is not meant for you mm, absolutely and i i think trusting what you know about yourself and often all the answers already exist within you. You just have to do a little bit of work to find them. Rishi, thank you so much for your time and for jumping on this episode. Before we close it out, I do just want to ask you, for anyone out there who is lost within their career right now and they're kind of like, I need some direction, I don't know where this is going or what actually matters to me, what would be your first steps to help them? The first step is just sitting with yourself with a journal and actually asking couple of questions that what is it that is making you so unhappy what is it that something is not aligned with you and what are those couple of values that are not getting satisfied where I am right now and when you ask yourself those questions uh, it opens up doors to what could actually work out for you so just uh, I think knowing your values and your human needs and there's a whole exercise which uh, is available online where you can understand what are your needs which are you know uh, are you looking for growth are you looking for expansion are you looking for stability what are those needs that are not getting satisfied in your workplace or in the job that you're doing because if those needs are not being met you're going to be out of whack so if, if you are able to do that deep dive within yourself, then the next steps follow anyway. And look out for uh, people who've been in your steps. That's my, uh, the only way I have helped myself is by reaching out to people who uh, I feel I want to be in that place at some point in time. Or who at least have something figured out and they can help me navigate that. And there's so many communities out there um, and there's so many yeah, uh, network, ment- uh, like mentorship networks out there. So reach out to people. Now help is a lot more available than it was when I started. So I feel there are a lot more opportunities. You don't have to figure things out all by yourself. Yeah, self-reflection at the start of that and yeah, finding the right people who you can trust in order to reach out to is so important. Thank you so much for your time. Tell us where we can find more of you online. What are you currently up to at the moment? How can we find out more about you? Oh, so I'm I'm mostly on Instagram uh, a lot. So that's um, uh, at projectupgradeher.com. Basically, I create a lot of content around help on uh, my own journey and uh, how women can navigate not just a different environment, but how they can navigate workplaces confidently and how they can advocate for themselves. And most of my um, uh, content relates to that. And it's, it's just about developing career confidence in yourself because what uh, career confidence, what you develop is your ability to uh, 
trust yourself and advocate for yourself and increase your earning potential and just it's it's my way of giving back uh, in in uh, whatever i have learned over so many years and just being that person i wish i had when i started off awesome yeah your content is so great it's so easy to understand um it's really helpful it's impactful i love what you do and that's why i wanted to get you on the podcast so thank you so much again for your time and your perspective and for sharing your experience with us like it's so important we had you on um yeah looking forward to hearing what the people think thank you so much or two Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there.